Hello, this is the truth of the matter is. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm here with Jonathan. This is episode number 67. Speaking on behalf of myself and Jonathan, we appreciate everyone for listening in today. Before we begin, let's give a round of applause to all who decided to tune in today. Now, this could be episode one in your book or episode 67 as a longtime listener. We thank you and hope that you continue to press play at your own convenience. Now, before we get started with prayer and our dialogue for today, I have a question for you, Daniel. In your humble opinion, what are two or three reasons a friendship or a romantic relationship ends? So we're starting off today's podcast with something heavy, are we? I don't know if it's heavy, but, you know, anything that comes to mind, something you've considered or thought about in your experience in life. Have you considered the seriousness of this question? Hmm. I probably have. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, now, a lot of people take friendships and romantic relationships extremely serious, and I think it is something to take extremely serious as well. And I think it all comes down to the individual everybody will be different but for me um, i'm gonna go with more on the romantic relationship side because i think they're pretty much the same thing or they can be it depends on your standards mine's is really simple um usually i'll lay down some ground rules in the beginning of a romantic relationship and if any of those rules are violated the relationship ends so for me if you can't respect me verbally that's a huge one or if you can't respect my time and the way um, I need to conduct my life, if it doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out and it ends. Okay, not bad. Okay, you're going to get my response on the other side after prayer. But I like your answer. I was expecting things to be a little bit more specific, but as you had said already, it's pretty simple for you. But we're going somewhere with that question. So we will return. Uh, you know, if you want to dive a little bit more in depth. Um, yeah, sure. Go for it. Verbal, uh, verbally, it's like uh, things like yelling at you, uh, cursing at you. What's another one that people typically tend to do? Telling you what you're going to say and not going to be able to do. That's a huge one. Um, and respecting my time is as simple as there are certain things that need to get done, whether that is work on at either of my jobs, um, my family, of course. And as you know, me, I also do things on the side, like a lot of commission work outside of just my two jobs. So I got to do all those things. And if it becomes a problem where you feel like you're not getting enough time, then you'll be dismissed. So... Okay. It's, it's really as simple as that. Fair enough. All right. Now we're going to jump right into prayer. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Myself and Daniel personal experiences. You have shown yourself to be whatever we needed. Whether that be in times of crisis or in times of comfort. We know with certainty that you are the way, 
the truth, and the life. That you are the anointed one. Scripture says that you said, I am that I am, which means I will become what I choose to become. I will be what I will be. I create what I create. I am undoubtedly the existing one. Now, all these statements about you are factual in our eyes, and yet everyone doesn't believe that. They don't recognize you for who you are. They have doubts, questions, and concerns. Lord, after today, we hope to lead people to you so they can address those doubts, questions, and concerns. However, in the end, we know that you can't make anyone believe in you. We can't expect a horse to drink after leading them to the running water. We can only be good ambassadors and disciples. The rest is up to the individual. Lord, you have given us free will, and that means free choice, and we thank you for that, and therefore we are content with sharing the truth and leaving the rest to those who hear this and choose to either accept it or deny it. So with this responsibility in this platform, we say thank you, first and foremost. And we finish this prayer, obviously, with, with acknowledging you, Jesus Christ. So we say, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now comes my response. So, continuing with asking Daniel the question. Oh, hold on, you had to, we had to. We had to consult the Lord before you gave your response. <laughs> well, my response is biblical, so of course we had to consult the world. Oh, of yes. course. Here it goes. Oh, all right, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So I, I, we heard your response. It might have been a secular response, but it's also your personal response, and we all have personal responses. But my approach or my response is rooted in Scripture. So I wanted to give you an opportunity because I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people out there that have personal reasons to why relationships end but I'm, I'm going somewhere so give me a chance give me a chance to lay it out and then of course you can decide for yourselves if you actually agree or disagree so in my opinion the two reasons a friendship or romantic relationship ends is because one lack of communication so let's define communication the means of sending or receiving information, albeit through a common way parties are familiar with or understand. I repeat that. Communication. Lack of communication. But communication, the definition is means of sending or receiving information, albeit through a common way parties are familiar with and understand. The second reason. Is lack of knowledge when it comes to who the person or being is. Let's define knowledge. The fact or condition of knowing something or someone with familiarity gained through experience or association. Knowledge. The fact or condition of knowing something or someone with familiarity gained through experience or association. Now that you've heard my thoughts, I want you to know that my thoughts, again, are rooted in scripture, and I'm going to explain those in greater detail. But before I do that, do you agree with those two points, Daniel? 
lack of communication, I really didn't understand the second one. And lack of knowledge on the individual. Sometimes, so if I'm expanding on that a little bit more, sometimes before you get in a relationship with someone or a friendship, your knowledge of them develops and grows as you continue to talk to them. However, there are instances and ways where you haven't completely gotten to know them to the point that some of the decisions or choices or ways of communicating that they expand to you are unfamiliar to what you know about them. So in instances, as example of a romantic relationship, some people instantly when they meet, make the conscious decision to want to be involved with each other without taking the time to get to know them. Because by getting to know them, you'll know with certainty whether the relationship has a chance to last. So if they have a certain point of view that's not consistent with your point of view, why get into the romantic relationship with them if you know potentially there's room for failure? Uh, I don't think you got to agree on everything to get Not on everything, but at least have a... Yeah. A... Even if it's core stuff, that's why I think respect comes in. Okay. Um, Well, what about friendships, right? If a specific person doesn't value your opinion and what you say from a friendship place, then I don't see how moving forward you get along in certain instances. No, you can't. Yeah. If it's a friendship, it's like, I don't want to say it's different. But you said they don't value your opinion, so they don't respect you. So it would be the same thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in middle school and high school, I believe a lot of us have gone through that. You know, I guess in kindergarten, if we had similar ideas, all of a sudden we were friends, right? Or we shared, all of a sudden we were friends. You know, your mind and thoughts were still developing. And therefore, friendship was automatically made based upon the interaction and the familiarity of the person. But then as you grow and mature and life hits you, there are certain instances where in friendships, people cross boundaries. They don't respect boundaries. And things you would think is acceptable in the beginning or or mutual, it's not. So the lack of communication is a big thing, but I'm going to get into that, obviously, with some examples. But, of course, we got to tie this into Scripture. So let's... Go to the text for today, and we are still in the Gospel of Luke series. For those who still are wondering, when are we getting out? There's plenty of information that we still have to go through, so we have not moved on yet. This will also let you know that Gospel of Luke, just like in the last or any of the three Gospels, provides you with quite a bit of information, and in First John. So, this shows you just camping out in one Gospel can be a blessing in itself sometimes people run through the different books of the bible without really considering and analyzing what it can provide for you and sometimes you don't need a whole chapter sometimes it's two verses like we're going to do today or it's one verse right that will protect you shield you guide you inform you so that's for those out there that love to study the bible plans be mindful that a verse or two sometimes is all you need. All right, so continuing the Gospel of Luke series, we are going to look at this text in two translations. I'm going to break it down in two translations. So let's go to Gospel of Luke chapter 22, 
verses 31 to 32, and we're going to first look at this in the Amplified Version. Simon, Simon Peter, listen. Satan has demanded permission to shift all of you like grain. But I have prayed, especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back against again to me, once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in faith. Okay, great job. Let's look at the same text in the message Bible, and then we will begin to unpack this text. Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me. Like, chafe from we. Simon, I prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Okay, we have plenty to discuss. Let's get started. So I want to start with the message Bible translation first. The phrase that's used here is stay on your toes. Now, what does that mean? Stay on your toes. It means that you should continue directing all your attention and energy to what you're doing. It means that you should continue directing all your attention and energy to what you're doing. So the ideal thing to do is be on alert. Don't get distracted. Be mindful. Stay present. It is important that you are aware of what's going on, that you don't, and that you aren't in the dark. And it's good having a clue, right? It's good knowing what's going on. Now, the Message Bible says something interesting, and I want to dig a little deep on this. What to say, Daniel? Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like chafe from wheat. So let's spend some time on this verse before I provided you before I provided you a modern understanding. Let's break down the last part of the, the verse. Jesus says, Satan has tried its best to separate all of you from me like shaft from wheat. What did he mean? Well, the wheat in this text represents those who are truly repentant and the rest is those. And the result is those are true followers. They learn of their ways. They changed. And as of now, they follow Jesus and they believe in him. The shaft is those like the Pharisees and Sadducees who are not repented. The reality is they have not accepted the truth. They don't believe. So they have rejected truth and embraced the lie. Now let's dig even deeper here. One of the reasons to reject something is to be prideful and arrogant. One of the reasons to reject something is to be prideful and arrogant. Now, we know that the devil is prideful and arrogant, and we know that Jesus accuses the Sadducees and Pharisees of being just like their father, the devil. Now, let's go to scripture for support. So, I'm going to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 31 through 47 in the NIV. The context matters. That's why we are reading more of the text instead of what some people like to do and that's cherry picking a verse because it supports their narrative without seeing the complete breakdown of how the verse is used along with the context so daniel to the jews who had believed him jesus said 
If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very true, I tell you. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you will do what Abraham did. As it is said, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children. They protest. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want me to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not hold into the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Great quote, great way of reading the text, Daniel. So in the beginning, I asked Daniel a question. What would be two reasons a friendship or romantic relationship ends? Now, my response to this question was lack of communication and lack of knowledge when it comes to the individual or person or thing or God you're speaking to. You see, from a realistic perspective, when you don't communicate as often as you should, you have mishaps. Now, mishaps are unfortunate accidents. The purpose of communication is to limit those mistakes. The purpose of communication is to develop a familiar connection with the person. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be close friends with them, even though it helps. But definitely, you need to be on the same page. So what are some examples with this type of connection? First, I give you two personal examples. Then I provide a, I would say, business-like example to have a balance. Actually, I'm going to do it in reverse. I'll provide you with a business example twice and then a personal example. When you have dance partners, having dance partners need that you need to be on the same page. You have to be on beat. You have to mirror one another. You have to flow with one another compassionately and authentically. Right? 
I don't know if anybody's watched Dancing with the Stars. Also, you think you can dance. It's very important that you develop some sort of core relationship with your partner. The minute you guys are not on the same page or man and woman is not on the same page, everything's off. The flow is off. The expression that comes off your face is off. One of the things I studied in history was the importance of art. And art and dancing is extremely powerful. The impressions, the facial expressions, everything. If something is off, it ruins the whole beautiful thing that flows between the partner, especially when the music is playing. It's very important. Another business example when it comes to connections is a quarterback in the center, right? The center, talking about American football for those who are wondering a quarterback in the center the center is in charge of the protection calls out the protection the schemes communicates with the rest of the o-line calls out the blitz and has to be ready to snap the ball once the quarterback tells him to very important again in both those situations you don't have to have great relationships with them but it hurts it actually helps. Great friendships with both actually really helps. Now, husband and wife. I don't think I have to say too much about this, but bills and more bills, right? How you both decide to raise your child or children, the value system, the rule. Very important. And from a biblical perspective, by now we should know your relationship with Jesus Christ. We are friends of his. From a present standpoint, when Jesus was on the earth, he said two things. I love how it's expressed in the message Bible. So let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35 through 40. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more, ever. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own agenda, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. This, in a nutshell, is that will. That everything handed over to me by the Father be completed. Not a single detail missed. In the wrap-up of time, I have everything and everyone put together, upright and whole. This is what my Father wants, that anyone who sees the Son and trusts who He is and what He does and then aligns with Him will enter real life, eternally. My part is to put them on their feet alive and whole at the completion of time. So again, I love the Bible. I feel that the way it was communicated is beautifully. Now later... On in the text, Jesus concludes in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 7 through 9. Again, we're going to look at it from the Message Bible. Jesus asked again, Who are you after? And they answered, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you, said Jesus, that's me. I'm the one. So if it's me you're after, let's let these others go. This validated the words in his prayer. I didn't lose one of those you gave. So that verse 
later on in John confirms the verse that they read prior, which was in chapter 6. Now, from a modern perspective, let's be clear. This verse that Jesus mentioned is in association with the 12 disciples. Now, me and you and many others are disciples of Christ currently. And guess what? The devil, Satan, tries his best to separate us from God all the time. He does this by trying to sow doubt. You see, the reason why I titled this episode, The Devil Wants Your Faith, is because that is what he's after. And one of his ways of achieving that is creating separation. Once you are separated from God, the devil can begin to sow false truths. I'll repeat that one more time. Once you are separated from God, the devil can begin to sow false truths. So back then, the disciples had the spoken word with them, Jesus Christ. Now, currently, presently, we have the spoken word, which is God's word, the Bible, including the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, there to assist us, to guide us, to direct us, to remind us of what we do when we read our word. So let me be clear. There's a difference depending on the stage you're in. If you already have a foundation of knowing about Jesus, I would like to believe it's harder to convince you not to believe in Jesus or not to believe in what he's done. If you don't have a foundation, never heard of Jesus, then I would like to believe that it's easier for the devil to convince you about what you've heard and placed out. Now, to those who know about Jesus, but don't read their word, basically their Bible, the devil can separate you from God simply by destroying your friendship your relationship with God, hence tearing your communication with God away with false truths. And with no communication with God, no word from God, you are vulnerable mentally and exposed to deception. Why? Because you are left on your own, only with the power of self-will. And that's not enough. With no knowledge of your own authority against the enemy, the devil. The reality is you're in serious trouble. If you and the devil are left alone, guess what? He's crafty enough, intelligent enough to deceive you. He's been alive longer. We are talking thousands of years, and therefore, he has the edge. I'm sorry, but this is the truth. How do I know this? Scripture. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read verses 3 through 15 in the NLT. And again, I want you to pay close attention to the context. And what Paul is telling us here. Daniel? I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. Even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach. Or a different kind of spirit than the one you received. Or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed but i don't consider myself inferior in any way to these super apostles who teach such things i may be unskilled as a speaker but i'm not lacking in knowledge we have made this clear to you in every possible way what was i wrong when i humbled myself and honored you by preaching god's good news to you without expecting anything in return 
I've robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. And when I was with you, I didn't have enough to live on. I did not become a financial burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia brought me in all that I needed. I have never been a burden to you, and I never will be. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all of Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Why? Because I don't love you. God knows that I do, but I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Great job. Now, before I finish unpacking the message Bible translation, we need to address something in the Amplified. Again, it's only two verses, but the indication of those two verses are very important, especially how it is written in both of these translations. So the Amplified version says Satan has demanded permission. Yes, you heard that right. The devil has requested permission from God to come into Peter's life. Where? We have heard this before. Well, we heard this before. Ah, yes, it's in the book of Job. Let's go there. We're going to go to the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 6 through 12 in the NIV. Again, the Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. And we have ourselves here a pattern. Daniel? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands and so that his flocks and his herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Very well. Then everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So there's our example, not based on context Jesus is talking about Peter's life. However, there's a lesson that we can learn because even though Peter is isolated as an example in this verse, specific verse, it still says all of you, as in all proclaimed disciples of Christ. So Jesus was speaking to current disciples, but also future disciples as to what to expect. Now, the reason why we took a look at the book of Job is because people need to see and understand that God allows you to be tested. Right? Don't be mistaken. You will not walk the earth as a believer and not be tested by the devil or by his companions. It just won't happen. Right. Even Jesus was tested. Remember, he was tested in the wilderness as a believer. Things will not be a walk in a park. You will not be unharmed as long as the enemy is breathing. OK, I don't know who told you that, 
It was going to be all sunshines, rainbows, and clear blue skies and flowers. Not true. This is not the reality. Jesus told us that in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, he says, Here's a warning. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble and tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So God allows the devil to come in. He allows things to happen. Right? Here's the interesting thing. God wants us to mature. Now, how does one mature? Well, they need to face challenges and learn from them. God wants us to have faith in him. How does one strengthen their faith? Well, that would be through rough times. Now, believe it or not, this is part of your developing state. It's part of your developing stage. Let's go to scriptures to clarify on what I'm saying. We are going to look at at least five portions of scripture right now to tie this all together. So we start out with the book of James, chapter one, verses two through four in the NIV. Daniel. This is one of Jonathan's favorite verses. Yes, it is. So I'm sure you've heard this on the podcast at least 10 times. So say it with me. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If anyone lacks anything, let them ask God who gives generously without finding fault. See, I need to add that in, but, you know, it's important. So we go to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, NIV. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glorify in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God, God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what, so, is, yeah. so what is the devil after? Well, that would be your faith in God. He doesn't want your money, your house, your car, your PlayStation 5, your wallet. Nah, he wants your faith. So there's a beautiful passage. I mean, beautiful passage. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9, and this is what it says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of the change and decay, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you reach this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith is more is far more precious than mere metal. Than, yeah. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, 
It will bring you much praise and glory. And on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Great job. So the devil is all about destroying our communication with God, feeding us misinformation. So he pulls you away from the word. He tells you prayer doesn't help. Meanwhile, Jesus understands the value of testing. So what does he say to Peter? I'm praying for you. That's what he says. I'm praying for you. He doesn't say, I will take you out of this mess. No, he leaves him in a situation because he knows that this will help out Peter in the long term. So, you know, people always ask, well, why does God allow certain things to happen to me? Well, he does because he understands that the end result is going to better you worse than the average person. But it's going to better you to the degree where you'll learn from it. You'll grow from it. You can't walk through life never experiencing things. You have to understand that some things requires you going through it and coming out better than you were on the other side. Okay. So again, he doesn't say, I will take you out of this mess. No, he leaves you in a situation because he knows that this will help you out and help Peter out long term. So he says, I pray for your faith and confidence in me. May you not fail. And if you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. In the message, it says, I pray that you do not give in or out. In other words, in a time of testing, remember Romans eight twenty-eight. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his, person, his purpose. Yeah, so remember God loves you so much that he's using the devil to actually build up your faith and trust in him. God is using it all to build you up, not tear down so prayer and devotion with god keeps you close to him remember james says if we draw near to god he will draw near to you and the devil wants to destroy that connection he wants to limit our conversation with the father he wants us to remove away from god he wants us to move away from god that is why jesus says blessed is the one who hears my word and does what it says obedience is very important when you don't do none of these things then the devil can successfully rob you of your faith. And we don't want that. Your faith is what God demands from you. The book of Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, what I encourage you all to do is look specifically at Hebrews chapter 11. And in there, you have something called the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Faith. Very important chapter. So I encourage you all to read chapter 11 so you can see all the individuals who by faith led them to do things and god's promise was fulfilled this is the reason why the devil is after your faith because we know that is impossible to please god without operating in faith and therefore the devil wants to strip you of your faith so that he can keep you in the darkness and with that being said we're going to jump right into devotional time. 
in the book of numbers we take a look at chapter 14 verse 9 in the niv version it says do not rebel against the lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them their protection is gone but the lord is with us do not be afraid of them you may or may not know but joshua and caleb were the only two men over 40 years who were allowed to enter the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness these men the monumental task of taking the land god had promised to the israelites their faith in god was an all-encompassing as if their lives depended on it kind of faith why because their lives actually did depend on god's promises if joshua was to lead israel into the land he would have to fill God's presence on a moment-by-moment basis and step out in faith, trusting that God will come through for him. Joshua's job as the leader of Israel was to encourage the people to attack fortified cities in the face of overwhelming odds. Through 40 years, his confidence in God's strong arm had not wavered, and God rewarded his faith. I say to you, let Joshua's story of determined, consistent belief encourage you today, not only in your faith, but also in your daily life through all the trials and tribulations you may face. Understanding that keeping faith not only in God, but also in your goals and yourself will lead you to living a better life. So with that being said, here's a prayer to help us throughout the week. God. Please help me to have the faith and courage of Joshua to believe that you're with me and will keep all of your promises. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.